Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And hello again, Masters in the Making. We are once again sharing time and space on The Open Door, which is the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish, promote, and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Jerry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett. You know, we ought to have your picture up on the uh, homepage there, Let's Sid. spare the people that, shall we? <laughs> There's such an interesting why, why do you think I'm on radio? That's <laughs> yeah, probably true for the rest of us, too. Well, you know, today we are, believe it or not, we're, you know, part 14 of the Enlightenment Masterclass series, which we've been basing on the Corona Class lessons. That's a lot of work, 14 we got one more to go. Not sure if it's going to be next week or the week after, but I'll kind of tease it now. It's the master image, kind of the culmination of all this stuff we've been sharing with you. And one of the things today, the, the program's title today is The Power of Light and the Path of Grace. And basically, it's based on the premise that light attracts. There's a certain kind of spiritual gravity to light. And I want to you know, maybe point out, which perhaps is the obvious thing to say for most of you who've been with us for a while, that this conforms very, very succinctly with the four essential questions, the who am I, why am I here, where am I going, and how do I get there? The who am I basically is you are light, you're a being of light, you're one with God. Why you're here is to become that light. The where are you going is home to the source of that light, and how do you get there? By becoming the light in the pathway that the Ascended Masters have laid out for us. So that's my essential summary. Sounds simple. Should we wrap it up now? Let's go. (laughs) God bless you all. Thanks for being here. Well, it's interesting, Sid. You were saying before the show that you don't consciously think of of light a lot of the time. And uh, I I guess when we do our decrees, we kind of do. Well, I I think it's, you know, light is sort of the currency of heaven, if you will. Um, Yes. (laughs) It's all good things are made up of light and all bad things are made up of light that's been misqualified. And, of course, because we're co-creators with God, our threefold flame within our hearts, which is light, again, we qualify energy that goes through us through our chakras by our words, our thoughts, and our deeds. So we take that pure, pristine light and say, okay, this is how I'm going to stamp it, God. You know, it's like a stamping machine, you see. And 24 hours a day, every day, every moment of your life, you're stamping that light. And, obviously, we want to stamp it with light and love and joy and all the positive things and try and avoid misqualifying that light, which, of course, we all do from time to time. Yeah. And so we even have a way to change that back into light through the violet flame and so forth. So if we understand that God is light, God is love, I mean, we're talking, you know, uh, I think phrases here that seem very elemental. And so you have to understand how do they manifest in your life? What does it mean, I'm light? Um, we have a decree as I am light, glowing light, radiating light. Light is the presence of God in its purest intensity because God is light. And so, you know, there's different grades of light. There's, you know, turn it on a little bit or turn it on full yeah. scale. It's like, you know, in that, uh, what was it, Raiders of the Lost Ark, when the, the, right, the light beams came out of the, the Ark of the Covenant and zapped people, that was a little intense. I mean, right. I'm not sure we could stand in the presence of God in our present form yeah. because the light would be too intense. Yeah. So God sends us the light at the level we can maintain and use, and it's up to us then to make the choices of what we're going to do with that light. You know, later on today, we're going to listen to a couple of excerpts from lecture that Mrs. Prophet did about this very subject. And she used a phrase called footsteps of light. 
I just was really taken by that because I think it it, it tells us that this is not necessarily all at once. Here it happens, like you were just saying about the ark. It has to be stepped down or at least modified to the degree that we can handle it. Exactly. Otherwise, it, it could destroy us. Well, yes. I mean, a la- take a laser beam, okay? Um, they're using it now to shoot down missiles, okay? I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of that laser beam. <laughs> but laser beams are also very healthy. I, I went to an acupuncturist recently, and he used a laser. It uh, goes mm-hmm. inside my body because it has healing properties. So you can see here that light is many uses, obviously, from God, but it's at different levels, too. So it becomes something very practical we can use in our lives. And maybe, I don't know if this is the appropriate time, we talk about how we work to accumulate light in our auras so that when there's a need, when God has a need in one of his people on this planet or somewhere, We're ready. you can direct that light. Yeah. Because, again, light is the currency of God, and it changes things. We have a phrase the Master's taught us called light is the alchemical key. Alchemy meaning change. So if you want to change something, introduce light to it. Yeah, exactly. You know, a moment ago you said that we stamp light by our actions, by our energy. And uh, maybe it's something we could develop this topic a bit more because it may seem obvious, but when we are, say, impatient or um, perturbed, irritated. Does that happen to you, Every now and then, (laughs) (laughs) anger, we are taking that light and that's the stamp that we're putting on it. And that's why we do the decrees is to transmute that back into its purest form. Right. And you can see if someone's extremely angry, you know, um, they're stamping that light with a very negative energy. And so not only are other people affected by it, but it comes back and comes home to roost one day and it comes back on the person that sends it out. That's why, you know, after you've been on the path, well, you become more and more humble and you understand how much is grace, which was part of the title of this show. Indeed. And the grace not only to know we have to correct our behavior, not we're not going to be perfect, but we can do better. And and the grace that, um, you know, if we do the right thing, we can reclaim our mistakes, not just from this lifetime, but other lifetimes as well. Indeed. You know, we talk numerous times in this show about the daily dose of karma that we're given. It's, it's kind of a mercy of God to say, here's something you can work on for today. And once we get our decrees going, the momentum going, we take care of that little bag of karma, then we start to work in the backlog, if you will, <laughs> which can be significant. Some of us have more backlog than others, <laughs> let's put it that way. But, you know, it's 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 not infinite like God is. It's finite. And so we can work on it. You steady, you work on it. It's a day-to-day activity. But I think what we can understand this value of light, it is the most precious thing in the universe and not to be squandered. And not to be misused. And I think that's an understanding of the spiritual path. God, we honor that light you have placed in us. We honor the light that you give us every day that animates our being. You know, people think they're just evolved um, pond scum, whereas in reality, they exist because God gives them the light and energy every day, not only for things to happen on the physical level, but also at all levels of our being. And so... When we have this understanding that the light of God is the most precious thing, it needs to be honored, it needs to be conserved, it needs to be used for his purposes. And the masters teach us how to do that. You know, um, there's a, I'm not sure if this is a process, what it is, but sometimes it's been my experience, and others I've spoken with as well, that when you begin to acquire and accumulate the light through practice, that you're doing your decrees, you're doing the, the spiritual work, that it can sometimes draw out of other people not the the greatest light, but in fact, you can draw out negative energy because there's some kind of a response that people have to your light. They resent it sometimes. Yeah. They, they don't like it because light is a challenge to their choices. 
And so wow. that's why that's a, a lot great of great line. people of light oh. and spiritual people have been persecuted so badly. You know, don't show me up, you know, because by right. using the light correctly, I want to misuse the light because I want to eat, drink, and be merry. And I don't like people that don't live that way. I mean, it's, it's not necessarily conscious, but this is why spiritual people have very often been persecuted because they're a challenge to those that don't want that light and don't want to use it properly. That's an amazing that, concept. That I was a bumper sticker that he just well, pulled out there. Did light, you write it down? Light is a challenge to your choices. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a re- remarkable insight. Now, there's another <laughs> side to this, and that is when you meet people, they may not even know you that well, but they will take a soul reading of you. Their mm-hmm. soul will take a soul reading of yeah. you. And if you are a person that lives to the best of your ability and honoring light and by all the, you know, the right uses of energy in your world, their soul will see that. Yeah. And they will make judgments on how they live based on how you live, even yeah. though no words are exchanged. So who you are is the greatest message. Uh, it's not necessarily what you say. It's who you are that really matters and the choices you make. And when we make wrong choices, we in some ways give permission to others to make wrong choices. Well, and I think, too, it's it's a good thing to remember that that you are not an exception, that when you're stamping that light, if you're stamping it with anger or the irritation or with impatience, it's stamped. You know, whether you can justify it or not, and I've heard people say this, in fact, I've done it myself, yeah, but in my case, it's legit, you know, because I, I can be angry because I have this reason, this good reason. You go, know, oh, wait a minute, there's no exception here. This You can't compromise that. It's either, it's standing So what do you do when you, when you make a mistake? And some, sometimes you realize within three seconds you've made a mistake. Or a <laughs> nanosecond. Nanosecond, yeah. You, if you need to apologize, you apologize. And you call upon the law of forgiveness and say, God, I pray for the opportunity to balance that karma. Give extra period of violet flame that day. So, you know, it says in the Bible, don't let your uh, the sun go down on your wrath. I think that's what it says. Or yes. Yeah. Where's that effect? In other words, make sure you take action that day if you, if you can, whether it's apologizing for people or so forth or letting go of your anger and, and so on and so forth. Uh, because if you don't, it goes on your record. At midnight or whenever you go to bed, the, whatever you did that day, it becomes permanent on your record. Uh, <laughs> but you can transmit it before that. So, in other words, we're not going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes. And, you know, when we're tired and we're in long lines or whatever, we get mildly irritated. God, forgive me for that vibration. I don't want to hold that because it's not a good use of your, your light. And we don't condemn ourselves, but we're striving. We're working to become masters. Not master, the, make our humans the masters, but understand the masters know how to draw, invoke, use, and keep light, and that's why they're called masters. You know, I, I like the I like this concept of stamping, and uh, just a sidebar here. One of the things I do here at the church is help to assemble some of the product that goes out, CDs and DVDs, and with, and a lot of times when I'm doing it, I'm thinking this is going out to a very sweet soul who's going to love this and I try to do the best yeah. that I can you know in the assembly process and keep things straight one thing or another and that's a lesson that can be taken by our leader or by our listeners um, whatever your product whatever your service uh, think of it in terms of I'm putting my light into this and this is going to be enjoyed and appreciated by somebody and they won't even know it at a conscious outer level see yeah it's, it's God's light that you're putting into things and, yeah. and love basically and we don't have time now before the break I don't think but there's a great story I think it was I'm not sure it was Kathumi or Dual Cool that told about the bakers do you remember that one well you can tell that we have time or the mills so anyway they had a it wasn't the bakers they had a uh, grinding thing or what did they do what a did mill. they do for weight a yeah, mill yes mill. thank you <laughs> anyway and they prayed every day over the wheat that came out of this mill 
and then the wheat was taken and made into bread. Well, the story is this whole area where people live that got this bread, they were very happy. There was a lot of love. It was a wonderful place to live, and nobody knew why. <laughs> the answer was because the, the, the mill operator and his wife were sending love into the grain oh, that yeah. was going out. Yeah, yeah, very sweet. And, well, and what a great example that is, too, because a lot of times we can feel personally very burdened and forget that other people feel burdened as well. So we can, instead of taking our burden in personally, just say, okay, I'm going to take this energy that I'm feeling here and I'm going to convert it into light and love and grace and follow this path of grace and give them the benefit of the doubt, give them the benefit of the light, give them the benefit of the opportunity to open up positively. I mean, I I think this again comes into mastery and we can talk about this later in terms of we all have burdens and, and weight upon us, whether physical or emotional or whatever. How do we how do we approach life in that case when we're so burdened with things? Sure. Yeah. Talk about that later. Let make a note. <laughs> <laughs> make a note. Because it is time for a short break. And when we come back, we'll hear the first of two excerpts from Elizabeth Clare Prophet when she talks about the force of spiritual gravity and how it integrates all life. Back in a moment. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. 
And we are back. Thank you for staying with us today on The Open Door. We're talking about the power of light and the path of grace. And this may sound like Ask Dr. Science here, but um, <laughs> why do living things grow up? And the answer, of course, is because God is calling us home and the magnet that pulls us toward our immortal state, estate, is light. So we grow up. There's no other reason, right? Why, why am I growing out then around the middle, Tom? <laughs> yeah. Can you tell me that? It sounds mm. like my, my mother. Grow up, Terry. <laughs> yeah. Well, she was she was onto something. I think. Yeah, yeah, she was. <laughs> anyway, but, you know, so there is the, and it's not meant to be humorous necessarily, but there is, you know, man has formulated the law of gravity, and which basically says things fall down, but the law of light, the gravity of light means that things grow up. Here's more. Think of this world. Scientists have invented what they call a law of gravity to explain why everything falls down. Well, the magnet is really the love of the hierarchs of the earth in the white fire core of the center. The love being so intense that it is an integrating force that integrates all life to itself. It holds the dirt and the rocks and everything that's on the planet together in this whirling sphere. I can't for the life of me understand if there's such a powerful force called gravity, gravity itself keeping everything together, why the trees grow up in defiance of gravity. Why the grasses grow up, the plants grow up, we grow up. Everything grows in opposition to this gravity. There must be a greater gravity. It must be the I am presence. It must be the great central sun. It may be something that holds in balance with this marvelous alpha-omega polarity of the pull within the center and the direction of a life force that's ascendant, which is our own kundalini fire, our own ascension flame, which plants also have. So there are unexplained daily circumstances to living in matter for which there are no laws, there are no definitions. People just say, well, obviously, trees grow up. Why is it so obvious? It might be explained by another mathematics or another law, another principle, but most of these laws are descriptive. They really don't tell you anything. They just tell you gravity is a force, period. But the explanation of it is then something. Assumed grace Walk the path of graciousness by absorption of the loveliness of God. If you had known Clara Louise Kininger, the first mother of the flame, and you had seen her, you would have said, this is a woman who is gracious. This is a gracious lady. This is a lovely person. She made everyone comfortable in her presence, was always sweet, elevated, the dignity and self-worth of those who were in the room. A pure flame of graciousness. And you go and be the same. Make everyone comfortable and feel the dignity of their godhood who is with you. And take care and note when idle words or abrupt and crude acts make people feel uncomfortable and out of sorts and not desirous of being in your presence. If people don't want to be near you, it's a sure sign that you're not in the act of assuming grace because people will flock to you when you have this flame of the graciousness of God's love. So now you know 
that it's the Maha Chohan or Gautama Buddha who will confer to you through your I Am Presence the title of Mastership which comes to the victorious disciple. Then it says it is necessary for the sincere disciple to assume the role of master of the Fohotic fire. Fohotic fire is sacred fire stored until it is so powerful that when it is released, it can alter atoms and molecules in the environment. Assume the role of the master of the Fohotic fire. Retain the fire you receive every day in your decrees. And then learn the God control of releasing it with absolute precision, not with sudden thrusts of emotion, the impetuosity of the mind, and so forth and so on. God control makes mastery of the Fohotic fire. A final word is in order. The great masters consider themselves eternally to be disciples, simply because in a universe where only God is the ultimate, realized completely only by himself and only partially by the individualized parts, there exists a series of octaves of light which expand endlessly as an eternal echo or reflection of the infinite. These extend ad infinitum as universal hands of reception to receive the conceptions momentarily released from the mind and heart of God and his universal light substance. You can imagine octaves of light expanding endlessly for the purpose of receiving or being vessels of every thought, momentary conceptions of the mind of God God blinks, God winks, and out goes his vast energy, every idea he has. And so, Kafumi says, endless octaves of light expand endlessly as an eternal echo or reflection of the infinite. These extend ad infinitum as universal hands of reception. Receiving. God has to have his receiving points. That's why the universe is infinite. And that's why you're always a disciple because you can always transcend another octave and find a whole compartment where there is the stored mind and heart, ideations and memories and thoughts of God. In accepting this creativity of the Father, great rapport is needed and the disciple's mind is best suited to this purpose because it is a receiving mind. The disciple's mind is a receiving mind. A master's mind is a transmitting mind, revealing the way that has already been attained as footsteps of light. But a disciple's mind obtains from the Father a perennial ecstasy in flowing knowledge, flowing power, flowing love, transcending itself in the orderly, everlasting consciousness of God. So you see, even when you attain the degree and title of mastership, you are a disciple, and in the mode of disciple, you are a receiver. In the mode of master, you are a transmitter. Countless times, philosophies, teachings, and instructors in God's laws have either not understood themselves or have been reluctant to explain to their disciples these facts pertaining to the law of mastership. I doubt not that human ego 
and human ignorance have both been responsible for this sin of omission. The ego and its ignorance. Thus, in the ideal situation, the soul moving Godward, no matter how high he attains, always remains God's disciple, a follower in the discipleship of the Christ, the only light of the world. Yes, God's disciples. You know, it's interesting when it breaks down that simply that the master is the giver and the disciple is the receiver. Yeah, broadcaster and receiver. You know, there's always people above you on the spiritual path or ahead of you and people that perhaps aren't as where you are. So we all can occupy that position. Yeah. And the difference being, for instance, again, we use the term guru, which I know has been misused a lot on, (laughs) on this planet, but in the true sense of the word, the ascended masters being our gurus, they have that perfection of God within us and can't lead us astray. Whereas the human teachers, even with good intentions, can can take us in the wrong direction sometimes. So that's why, of course, we hitch our star to the those that have that perfection of God and cannot lead us astray. Well, and the masters are forevermore disciples of God. And Mrs. Provin made that point very clear. You know, I think there are a number of things in that lecture excerpt that maybe require a bit more examination. One of them is a term that perhaps you haven't heard that much of, which is the phaotic light, stored light, the light that we, we, we garner in our storehouse until it's needed. I think that's one of the things that we don't often think about. We were, you were talking about light earlier in the beginning of the show. We don't think about it very much, but we are constantly using it, accumulating it, perhaps releasing it. Well, there's some that squander the light as soon as they get it. So they have nothing in reserve, yeah. so to speak. And then when they have a need or their family has a need or their state has a need or, you know, I mean, how do you deal with, we're dealing with hurricanes right now at this present time recording this show. How do you deal with the intensity of, a, of the energy, misqualified energy in a hurricane, which is so unbelievably powerful? Yeah. Well, obviously, light can change that and, and reduce the power, divert it or whatever. But if you don't have that light in your aura, how can you do it? How can you do it, yeah. And, and so that's why this light is the most precious thing. And we come... Uh, we we use it in humility, never for anything that is not God's will. You always make that call. But that's why we garner light, because God has given us the responsibility for this planet. If we don't garner this light and use it for his purposes, who's going to do it? Who's going to do know, it? We're the ones in physical embodiment. So that's why we work to, to have light, acquire, and keep it, and avoid those things that drain our light. The most obvious would be anger, and you know if you take chemicals or substance to your body that, that will take the light away from you and so mm-hmm. forth. So you, to the best of your ability, you, you lead a pure and a good life. Well, I think, in fact, the way um, Mrs. Prophet characterized it was you always seek to uh, acquire the flame of graciousness of God's love. And, and don't you know people that are like that? Oh, yeah. You, they're just so sweet. You would just and, and a lot of times, people want to unload to those people, you know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and so they become a grace in their listener. But I remember... Uh, so listening here. Something I never forgot from the Edgar Casey readings. And he said, uh, in one of the readings, he said, are people glad to see you come into the room and are they sorry to see you go? <laughs> you know, and that's a pretty good gauge, isn't that's it? That's great. And yeah. not that we're seeking to please the human cost, not like we're giving out dollar bills or something. Yeah, he's coming in the room. We're excited. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, what do you bring into the room? You know, do people inwardly groan when you walk in the room? Let's hope not. Um, <laughs> but the graciousness and the love that people have. You, you, And I love that part where she talks about you You enhance their dignity in God. Yes, I love that too. You have respect for them. You know, whatever the outer manifestation of that individual that you may make a a mental judgment on, I hope you don't, but sometimes we do that, 
you know, afford them the dignity of having God within them. Yeah, and, and, you, and you make them feel welcome, accepted, part of whatever is going on there. I mean, it's a, it's a graciousness. It's, yeah. This is the path of it's grace. It's a seventh-ray quality. Seventh-ray you know? quality. It's, 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 I mean, who doesn't like that? Yeah. <laughs> no, nobody I know. <laughs> you know, I was thinking, I know we're, we're coming up on a break, but I was just thinking of the concept of the step-down transformers. You know, the light is, is yeah. stepped down from the ascended masters, and we get certain knowledge. And then it's our obligation to step that down and not release everything we know to those that we meet on the, on, in the, on the path of life. Well, you true know? enough. You know, in fact, that's actually a good point to make because it's a segue to the next lecture excerpt we're going to hear after the break we're talking about no path no two paths are identical yes and that where we are and where we are going is not necessarily the same place as somebody else is and we don't talk about our attainment yeah we don't talk about how far along the path we are if we, if we even knew you know we, we 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 leave that to the privacy of our own because once you talk about it, you lose it. Boom, yeah. it's gone. Yeah. Well, let's let that be a tease then. We're going to take a short break right now. And when we return, we're going to understand a bit more the reasons why we keep our attainment to ourselves. Don't go away. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free, no login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now... 
back to our show. You know, I think we, we all know that following the path of the Ascension and the teachings of the Ascended Masters is a very uh, personal, fluid, and dynamic process. You know, there's a flow, and God willing, there's progress and growth. But we grow in wisdom and attainment. It is imperative that we keep our progress to ourselves. Here's more. The Great White Brotherhood themselves in their own sacred code have demanded that true initiates never reveal their advancement to one another. This is very important. Very important. To do so is to hinder or stop one's progress, and surely this defeats the purpose of the great law which conveys each true disciple through the many states of illumined glory to the throne of permanent initiation. This means that when you have inner experiences with the Masters, profound revelations and dreams, you do not share them with anyone. If you want to discuss them or verify them, you will have to hold them in your heart until sometime you see me and you can tell me about them. Maybe you'll never talk to me about them, but you can talk to your Christ self. You can talk to God. You can ask for illumination. You have to avoid this kind of chatter when you're trading stories about life. People who start chattering about their inner experiences with Jesus and so forth. They are, by way of chattering, impressing to others their level of attainment. And as soon as they have revealed that attainment, they no longer have it. It vanishes. Whoosh. Because it wasn't any attainment in the first place. The Great White Brotherhood demands initiates never reveal their advancement to one another. To do so is to hinder or stop one's progress. And surely this defeats the purpose of the great law which conveys each true disciple through the many states of illumined glory to the throne of permanent initiation. The throne of permanent initiation. Initiation must always be realized as a permanent estate which the great law confers in much the same manner a doctorate is bestowed in a university. Once given, it is never withdrawn unless through malpractice the life stream deliberately violates the code of the brotherhood and sends forth harmful vibrations to another. In such cases, often the attainment is simply suspended until the needed correction is humbly sought and the path once again adored and walked upon. So the permanent estate comes with a conferment, the conferment of mastership, finally leading to the throne of permanent initiation. To be a disciple of the great master Jesus seems to be the goal of many who desire to follow him in regeneration. Let me remind you that every cosmic and ascended master is one with all others. To be attracted or assigned to a specific master, or even to be temporarily transferred for training purposes to another, is simply life giving you a blessed opportunity for greater learning. Is there anything wrong with Jesus saying, I'm going to send you to Darjeeling for a special training session so that you can come back to me with greater attainment in obedience and submission to the will of God? I can't train you the way you are. You're too chaotic and disorganized. So go and see Moria and come back in three months, five years, ten years. There's no time in eternity. 
Apprenticeship to God in manifestation. That's discipleship. We want to apprentice ourselves to the Father. He says, all right, I have this very qualified teacher over here I want you to go and spend time with. When you get that level of attainment, come back and see me. I'll see what I can do for you. Welcome each opportunity and realize that the eternal student is a walking question mark. <laughs> Leaning upon the shepherd's crook of the seeker adept, but anchored in the symbolical dot below the upper part of the mark. So the question mark, the top part is your shepherd's crook. Now the symbol of the shepherd's crook is the raised kundalini coming up the spine and anchoring in the third eye. And that's the shape of how it rises. But rather being anchored in the question, you're anchored in the symbolical dot, namely that which is the white fire core of knowledge, power, and true divine love. So when you are anchored in the dot, you magnetize to yourself the answer to the question which is actually contained in your shepherd's crook of the raised kundalini. Such students keep on asking and seeking, but realize that they have already been given a torch of illumination to help them keep steadfastly journeying onward as disciples of the Christ. Everyone does not receive the identical experience pattern, for some do not require it. That is the most important lesson you can learn. You may have had to go through some long, dark ordeal to finally understand something. And you can turn around and wish upon someone else the same ordeal. You can say, well, you know, when you've gone through what I've gone through, you'll come to understand what I'm talking about. Well, they may come to understand what you're talking about in five minutes. You had to go through five years of agony to finally come to the understanding. Well, bless God and bless that disciple. Maybe he'll be your teacher someday. So don't wish upon others the things you've had to go through, but say to yourself, because I've gone through this, the universal gnosis, the compendium of God's law is enriched for my experience. I have contributed to that richness. And all disciples on the path have access to that knowledge that I have gained and won and mastered. And then you lovingly give that to those who come to you for help. And either they learn by your example and experience and mistakes and trial and error, or they say thank you very much and they go out and they do have to learn by a little bit of pain before they draw the same conclusion. But you're always smarter if you learn by other people's mistakes, aren't you? Someday we hope to reveal to the mankind of earth a greater understanding of their origins than they have previously known. Until certain facets of Christ consciousness are obtained by the people of this earth, such treasure might only serve to confuse many. However, it is so vital to mankind and our disciples in particular to learn the governing of their energies. Emotional excesses generate humanly qualified downward pull tendency patterns and are a source of entanglement. Entanglement, it's a good word to remember. It's like a kitten all tangled up in a ball of yarn. That's how you get when you generate discord.
And when you think about yourself in a ball of yarn, maybe you won't be discordant. A disciple is one who practices the disciplines of the God self, ruling over and disciplining the outer personality and his own ideational pattern as individualized man. Discipline the outer personality and the patterns of ideation. In other words, the way your mind works. You have to start noticing how it works. What is the normal course of the way you think, the way you draw conclusions, the way you decide to act or not to act? Do you hesitate? Do you have a constant little thing where when you should be acting, you wait and then you act five minutes or a day later? Ideational patterns of fear, where the mind becomes colored with fear, you get a great idea, but you get afraid, you get superstitious about it, you don't pursue it. Looking at how the mental body works is looking at how the plastic substance of the lower mental body was developed and trained and molded into the vehicle that it is for you today. So if the molding factors were not perfect, the ideational patterns will not be perfect. And you have to be a sleuth. You have to go inside the mind and discover those points where you took a wrong turn. So you start correcting the ideational patterns. This is much more subtle than merely disciplining the outer personality. Such fortunate ones have chosen to serve the light. And by placing it first, we'll find that one day the light itself will place them first. God will centered. Then nothing will be impossible to the disciple, for it is not difficult for the master. The phrase of Saint Germain that's so famous is that when you serve the light, the light will turn and serve you. And it will serve you. You'll find you'll be busy doing a lot of things for the brotherhood, and all of a sudden you turn around and there is something, just the right thing you needed, just what had to have happen. The angels that are working for you are working overtime. They're bringing things together. They're making things possible. The light does serve you when you serve it. Yes, indeed. You know, you make light first, and it will make you first. <laughs> I love that. You know, I was thinking about buying a conga drum, and I had this <laughs> visual. I had this visualization of exactly what I wanted, uh -huh. and I put so much attention on finding it. And I, every time I was up in Bozeman, I'd swing through this one place where I figured they might have one one day. And one day I walked in, and it was exactly what I wanted. <laughs> so the light served me by the grace of God. Of course, you know, I try to serve the light as much as I can. Just an interesting example, isn't it? <laughs> it is, actually, yeah. because I think that what we put our attention on is what we get. Yeah. And the attention we're using is the energy of God. That's what his light yeah. focused in a certain way. We talk many times about every thought, word, and deed creates. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. And, you know, sometimes... You mean, much as I value conga drums, you know, you may need something more urgent in your life, such as a washer or a dryer or a car or something, you know, that, that's lawful. I mean, that's how you, you make your living and do things and so sure. forth. So God knows you have practical needs. He also knows when you want something. Yeah. Well, I was thinking of adding a conga drum to some recording and that yeah, sort of sure. thing. You no. know? I mean, so. it, it makes sense. And it's very, it's very personal. It's part of your personal path. Yeah. So yeah. Now I always associate Terry with conga. <laughs> From now on. <laughs> From now on. Well, you know, quickly, I just, the story I was, um, years ago when I, I joined the staff of the Summit Lighthouse and I was working in Los Angeles. And I was a big baseball fan, you know, so mm -hmm. I was so busy and working as regular as my daytime job that, you know, I, I didn't go to baseball games anymore. But anyway, as it turned out, on my birthday this year, or one year, 
it was arranged that I had to take and entertain a client. So we ended up going to dinner at the ball game and then a nice ball game. And I felt like that was just Ooh. a gift of the master, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, you gave up, you sacrificed, and here's, you know, go enjoy yeah. your ball game. I know. I think that's lovely. Yeah, I mean, this is a joyful path. You know, again, we, we often talk about the fact that even though it sounds like it's difficult, we're focused on things that are pretty challenging at times, it's a path of bliss. You know, we get past the pain, the pain that touches the edge of bliss. And at some point, you know, you, you get something back for what you've given. Yeah, not that that was the end all and be all, <laughs> but it just shows you how sensitive the masters are to who we are, where we are, what our needs are, you know, they're lawful and so forth. And yeah. they love us, but they also know we got to get busy, too. we got to get busy. And yeah. as we take a break here, let's kind of reflect on the thought that the eternal student is a walking question mark. Back in a moment. starts here voiceamericaempowerment.com it's your world those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything it is the nature of a spiritual seeker they look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all the summit lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the ascended masters through their messengers mark and elizabeth claire prophet For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And once again, we are back. Thank you for staying with us. This is the final segment of today's um, Open Door program where we are in part 14 of the Enlightenment Masterclass series based on the Corona class lessons. And today is the power of light, the path of grace. Now, the question has come up that, in fact, I think during the lecture excerpt, the last one that we heard, uh, Mrs. Prophet talked about discord kind of creating what amounts to a, a tangled ball of yarn. It's just it's a tangled mess. And although we don't equate uh, tangled necessarily, uh, or discord rather, with burdens, sometimes we're very burdened as well. And things feel kind of tangled. They feel kind of out of sorts. We're not quite sure where to go. How do we hold, how do we handle burden? Well, I think there's, there's two parts to that question, Tom. And the first one is talking about entanglement. Mm. And this is, you know, karmic entanglements. I was watching a TV show with my wife a month or so ago, and I said, this is so, the car, one karma leads to another, you know mm. what I mean? One mistake leads to another mistake, and you get so entangled, that's a perfect word. There's no immediate solution. Sometimes you got to come back in many embodiments to unravel it. Yeah. Well, obviously, you want to stop making karma. Maybe that's the first thing you try and do when you're <laughs> entangled. And what's the, what's the next most practical and the best thing to do? To try and, you know, right any wrongs and so forth. And then there's when you're on the path and doing the best you can and so forth, and we have burdens. You know, we're in human form. We have human emotions. We have feelings. It's like grief. 
some people think that because we're students of Ascended Masters, we don't feel grief when we lose a loved one and so forth. Well, that's ridiculous. Of course we feel grief, you know, and, and that's a normal part of life. So, in other words, when we're burdened or feeling the pain of ourselves or others and so forth, how do you keep that perfect harmony? Well, I don't know what perfect harmony is, but you're going to feel things in this lifetime. Yeah. And, you know, try to stay one as much as you can with God. God feels that pain, too, in you and in others. And surrendering sometimes your your pain, your grief, or your loss. But never to go off and shake your fist at God and say, God, why are you doing this to me? You know, I'm going to get even with you. I mean, that's what people that... The fallen angels said. Shake their fists. Yeah, yeah. Pashu Alga, who was the first person we knew that fell, was angry because his son died. Why didn't you save him, God? So you can see that you have one or two reactions, getting closer to God or anger at God, and then, of course, that becomes a left-handed path for you. But it's that understanding that God knows when you have pain, knows when you have grief, will work to heal you, will work to bring you the comfort. But there are some times when you just have to go through that, and that's just a part of life. Yeah. So, you know, keep your harmony Spend your time on your knees, surrendering to God. Allow God to work with you and heal you and bring you back to that point. And, you know, we are going to have burdens, whether it's financial or family, emotional, whatever. And so we just try and keep our harmony, call forth the light. Because as we said, light is the alchemical key in situations. People have free will. They can react in, in different ways. But as you stay anchored, you become a focus of light in any situation. In other words... If you keep your harmony, yeah. if you have this light you've drawn in, when you walk into a room, you can literally, um, you can stir things up for one thing. You can change the But mood. you can also hold the whole balance for that room. <laughs> Absolutely. You, know, you take a weight and the burden upon yourself that others can act, and before they couldn't say their name, so to speak. Yeah, you so you're holding the, a balance for others. Well, you change the alchemy of the whole, like the room you know, that you walk into. Yeah. It, it's, it just uh, alters the, the vibration. Well, you, uh, you affect the atoms and the, le- the electrons. Yeah. You know, um, the second part of that question that we started with was, how do you hold the light when you're burdened? And, you know, there are ways which we know you can do that. You can protect the light that you carry. You can preserve that light. You can make sure you don't squander it. And that's one of the things our tube of light decree does. It it helps you to helps protect to that light it. as it comes down. And it's a decree that we give every every morning when we start the day. It's like standing in a, a, in a, a tube of light. Well, in yes. a milk bottle, let's say like a candle in a milk bottle that's been set down into water. <laughs> that's pretty good. It will continue to burn. Yeah. And, and it's that's a very important well, thing Well, it protects to do. you because there were forces right. to try and steal that light. Yeah. And, the, you know, try and catch yourself. And I've told the story, but I'll tell it one more time because it was so painful after one of the first conferences I attended the Monday morning I was driving to work this woman in a red sports car cut me off <laughs> I got angry and I could feel the light draining oh wow and but I, I realized what I'd done after it happened and I just felt terrible all that light I'd garnered that weekend I had thrown away yeah. because some woman cut me off you know wow. that was not mastery yeah. and so God forgive me I want to balance that karma I want to learn how to keep that light in harmony so I don't honk as much as I used to. <laughs> it's like plot number 17, you know. Okay, let's throw a red sports car into this, you know. I mean, they've only got so many plots they can throw at <laughs> That's it. true. Yeah. The red sports car plot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got to think about that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well you know, what? What I, I, I highlighted something here uh, that she said in this last segment. Because I've gone through this, the universal gnosis, the compendium of God's law is enriched for my experience. That means that every positive thing that we do is is added to the, the final equation yep. of all evolution. 
Yeah, it's like, you know, yeah. because Jesus came and walked this planet, we have a greater momentum on our own personal Christhood because of all the tests he passed. Right. And so it's like even when we give a decree, all the people that have given before have laid a foundation. It makes our decree more powerful because of all that has gone before. So it's a building process. So what we do affects not only each other, but affects the entire universe. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and it's, I could tell you there's, there's been, in this path I've been on and these teachings that I've heard for so many years, there's been a number of jaw-dropping periods or points <laughs> yes, when sir. a teaching would come forth that had never occurred to me, but when I heard it made so much sense about the power, the majesty, the organization of God, how everything fits together, how what we do is so crucial. I mean, it's just, it's so amazing when you know the truth, yeah. or a portion of the truth, is what we should say, um, <laughs> because it changes everything. It changes who you are, and it changes how you want to live. Yeah, yeah. You know, at the, at the top of today's show, Sid, you, you pointed out that Light is not something we routinely think about, at least not in those terms. We think about God, we think about holiness, perhaps we think about grace and gratitude, but light is the essential element of all those good things. Yeah. You know, so that maybe you didn't think about light before now, but think about it now because it is what you carry with you, it is what you carry into the room, it's what you carry with into your family, into your friends, and wherever you happen to be. And, and you know, not everybody wants that light or will <laughs> want you to bring that light. They want may want the light, but, um, you know, that's why you're just... You know, sometimes you have to be careful that your light doesn't bother people or irritate them and so forth. Do a little violet flame before you go into the room. Well, well like you said, that, that, that light challenges your choices. Yeah, and think <laughs> of yourself as a transformer. You know, how much of this needs to be reduced, you know, to to really do the right thing in this I, situation. I remember Mrs. Prophet was giving a teaching to two ladies that were going on visiting members of our organization. And she said, make sure you do violet flame before you go in to see them. Because if you've been doing these intense blue decrees, it might be too much for them. Right. So fill your aura with the violet flame. Good, yeah. good, good, good I point. Yeah. Well, you know, as we said uh, throughout these last many weeks now in this series, is based on the uh, book, uh, The Corona Class Lessons. And if you want to take a look at that book, even kind of see a bit of it inside, go to Amazon. And it's just called The Corona Class Lessons, Jesus and Kutumi. And there are 48 of the lessons in, incorporated into the book. It's a remarkable, remarkable book. We've called it many times of, of late the handbook for the Aquarian age. No kidding. I mean, it really is powerful. And it's something that's worth visiting again and again and again. It's an amazingly wonderful book. You know, what's interesting, Thomas, sometimes one teaching or understanding will transform what you do and how you live, how you look at life, how you deal with something. One teaching can do that. Yep. Yeah. So make the calls and ask God to bring it to you. When you pick up that book or others of the masters, and they will. Indeed. Well, again, we want to thank you out there so very much for being part of this Antikarana, this mandala of light. You know, you're not here by accident. As we say many times, you're here for a very specific purpose. You're part of the solution. You're part of this huge body of light we're bringing as light bearers to the rest of the world. So thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for being here, being part of this program. Terry. What if they want to talk to us? If they want to talk to us, they can reach us at webradio at tsl.org, webradio at tsl.org. Can they send a message on a conga drum? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they may get a reply that way, right, Terry? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, we're winding this up next week, this particular series, and so if you've got a question about something that you'd like to ad- have addressed, get in touch with us. Indeed, and if you go to tsl.org slash bookstore and look up Masterclass It'll take you right to the Corona Class Lessons. So, 
I think we're done for today. I think so. Thanks again, everybody, for being here, being part of this. And though the upward path may sometimes be difficult, the rewards are Are out out of of this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.